Welcome to Cryptic Soup. If you were an avid user of Twitter back in 2015, chances are you might be familiar with the famous 148 tweet thread by stripper Isaiah King, better known to her followers and fans as Zola. Zola tweeted to her followers about a wild adventure that took place between her and a girl named Jessica. I'm Kylie. And I'm Thena. And tonight we have a Twitter case to share with you. We're calling it Twitter all night. I know. I was so like, <laughs> I mean, I still call it Twitter. I do too, specifically just to fuck with Elon. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, ha, so Twitter and the tweets uh, on the bitch. Twitter. <laughs> what else would you call it? Would you say tweets on X or would you say my X's on X or my my X excerpt? Because they're still tweets, right? Ex- but they're not. Are they? Are they? They're threads. Posts, are, posts but, and threads, right? Posts and threads? Okay, so my posts on X turn into a thread because i had so many posts i think they should be called excerpts i feel like he's trying to be edgy yeah gen z (laughs) he's doing bad he's so terrible at it so kylie i heard you got something to go with to talk about yeah go so i was scrolling through tiktok as i do and uh it has been scientifically proven that we know what happens after you die. Mm, okay. What is it? So it's technically from the, like, no, there's no, I'm not reading from an article, literally just the TikTok. Um, they basically say that most people attend their own funerals and that it is still like the, the light at the end of the tunnel type of thing. And then you go through and then it's a big ass fucking party. And who on TikTok t- t- says this? Um, if you just remember, it's okay. If not, I just wondered. Oh, it's right here. Let me. Um, the TikTok account is Michael Armstrong. And why did he decide this or come up to this conclusion? Is he a scientist? Who is he? Who's Michael? I don't know. Oh, let me see. So we really dug into this before we started this. He's a hypnotist. Oh. <laughs> but he was relaying information mm. of someone else. He wasn't relaying yes. his own stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. But his main thing was like that you, I mean, it very much depends on what you believe in, I think. But mm. um, so essentially he doesn't know anything. Is your what souls saying. are connecting to your past souls and your your other souls are connecting other people's souls are connecting to your souls. What do you believe? Mm. Do you believe you're just dead? Nothing happens. This is so weird because this got brought up the other day too. And I just sat there in silence so that I didn't that have to answer because I have weird. no idea. Really? I think I believe you just go on the ground. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like literally nothing. You don't think of anything. There's nothing like you just don't exist anymore. Yeah. Maybe. Or maybe reincarnation. Uh, I yeah, know. I believe in reincarnation. But I don't really think that because I don't know. I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe that's why you get deja vu. No, I don't know. I don't know. I have no fucking clue. It depends on the day, I guess. Some days I believe in reincarnation. <laughs> sometimes I believe you're a hole in the ground. Maybe it's both. 
you get so many tries, like you get so many lives, like a video well, I mean, game. And after you're like 10th life, if you fucked up, you're like, oh my God, you just are so annoying. You're like, done. Man, this soul just doesn't, doesn't quite get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> first you were OJ Simpson. Then you were, before right. that, you were freaking the guy from Jonestown. Before that, are you trying to tell me you were Peter Curtin also? Right. Exactly. You're just done. You don't get more chances. Yeah. I believe in reincarnation because of deja vu and how fucking weird it is to feel but see i think that's silly though for me to say because i actually think deja vu is that like when you hit on something string theory related like something's happening to you in a different dimension that's similar and it like string theorized you back to like having that weird feeling where you're like "Mm, you're like i went through that somewhere else but um could that be deja vu for you because it's like that's your other that's what i'm saying yeah so it's kind of like the same thing but i don't think those versions of me are a reincarnation my string theoried versions i do have you seen the the reincarnation uh tiktoks Mm -mm. i only like glazed over it one time and it was very long time ago but it was basically like her child was like three or something like that and she was talking to him like they were that person again Hmm. and knew things that like a child wouldn't know well okay but then you're i mean you could like you could you could tell them what to say that's what similar happened to annalise though and she wasn't a reincarnation she just had weird information remember when Mm -hmm. annalise had the information about the man that died in the town over or whatever yeah Hmm. Well, I'm back from vacation. I'm here. Yeah, welcome back. How was it? Um, it was good. I got to go spend time with a fellow podcaster, Social Detective, and it was really, really fun. We got to do a lot of activities, eat awesome food. That pizza looked bomb. It was so good. It had like a balsamic dressing on it. Oh, oh it was so good. I'm a big slut for balsamic dressing pizzas. Yep. yep. And then um, when we flew back home, we went to the Chicago diner and we brought Kylie home some vegan food. I'm having that tonight for dinner. I'm, I'm so having excited. my my vegan Reuben tonight for dinner. So Corey brought me one of those like dates. I'm like, what that the fuck? Me. What the fuck is this? It's a bacon wrapped date. Bacon. Yeah, fa- yeah. The whole thing's vegan. Right. It's a bacon wrapped date that's then dipped in a sweet balsamic glaze. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's like the little round thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then. And the, the bacon is satan, so, you know, it's right. pure gluten. Don't eat it, probably Kylie, but you're going to. Yep. And then the salad that's with it is an arugula salad yep. that is a sour vinaigrette dressing. So you're supposed to, like, kind of balance the sweet date with the sour dressing and the sweet balsamic with the sour balsamic. Okay. Didn't know that at first. Took a bite of the salad and the face I made. <laughs> Margie and Corey wish they could have recorded that face for all of time. <laughs> and I was like, that is the worst salad I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and then I realized it and I was like, oh, yeah, it pairs. And like the salad was cold, but the date was hot. Oh, mm-hmm. it was so good. Yeah. Did you get a shake? Um, We did. So uh, for those of you that don't know, the Chicago Diner is a vegan restaurant. And so everything there is, you know, vegan. Vegan. Um, <laughs> we got these bacon dates for breakfast i mean appetizer i knew it was the first thing that you eat though that was kind of smart in my brain yeah um and then to eat margie got avocado tostadas and they were fucking messy 
Corey got a patty melt and he did not like it. <laughs> he did it? No, he was like, oh, what I was it? Like, milk. what was the. It just wasn't as flavorful as the thing he had last time. It that was, was so satan based. And then he had sweet potato fries with the Creole mustard again. Of course, yes. Yeah. And then uh, he got a beer that he really liked. And then I got the Reuben, obviously, because it's a Reuben. So fucking good. And then um, I have this thing that I make using a few ingredients there and I call it potato soup. And it's literally you take the mashed potatoes and gravy, you add the vegan cheese, you add spicy sauce, then you stir it all up and the gravy is so like liquidy. It makes it more of like a potato flavored soup than anything. That sounds bomb. And it's so good. I made both Corey and Margie try it. They loved it. And I was like, yeah, I used to make this all the time. And I called it my potato soup. Um, And then for shakes, Corey got the cookies and cream and he was not happy. (laughs) Poor Corey. (laughs) He was really let down this time. He's like, it's really good still. He's like, but it's nothing compared to the one I had last time. He's like, last time. The strawberry one was what he got last time, right? No, you and Margie got strawberry last time. Oh man, strawberries where it's. He got the cookie dough. And then remember, I got the off menu orange creamsicle one. Right. So I was going to get another off menu one this time and get the chai one. Mm. But I instead was like, Margie, do you want to split one? Because we've ate really bad all weekend. And we got the cookie dough peanut butter. And Corey's like, oh, I wish I would have done that one. It's really good. And I was like, right. But the Oreo one was like a limited time. And so he's like, I want to try it before it's gone. Mm. Yeah. So, but it was really tasty. And then, um, on the way home, we listened to some musical numbers. Corey and I have different tastes in musicals, we found out. Okay, I need to know. So I purposely was putting musicals that I knew he wouldn't know to like. It all started with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what, but I said something about Nick Jonas and I was like, blah, 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 because that song from Camp Rock. And he's like, what the fuck? What is Camp Rock? And I was like, hold on. Okay, so you're talking about movie musicals. Yeah. You're not talking about musicals. Not musical musicals. Very different things. So then we started with. I made him listen to Introducing Me by Nick Jonas as like a little funny thing. And he's like, wow, Disney, Disney. (laughs) And then he played Greatest Showman, obviously. And we're like, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, I could introduce you to some worse musicals that are more Disney. Like, are you ready? So then I showed him Teen Beach Movie and The Descendants. (laughs) And he loved those, I'm sure. He didn't hate them. It didn't seem like that. He, He thought they were very teeny bopper. Yeah. On the way to the airport, he let us listen to Taylor Swift pretty much the entire time. Wow. Yeah. So it was pretty good. And then actually, we did take a break from listening to my um, to musicals for a little bit because um, Corey wanted to listen to Harry Styles. Since we're getting a Harry Styles tattoo together, he wanted to at least listen to Harry Styles before we get the tattoo. (laughs) There's a lot to unpack in those sentences. Yeah. (laughs) We need to schedule our uh, tattoo. Yeah. And then I just, another person just asked me to schedule a tattoo with them. We're well, gonna... I mean, you did post about it. So this yeah. is. I'm, no, I'm excited. It's well, it's, it's welcomed. My friend Mike and I are, we're going to go get uh, disco balls. Mike is a girl. <laughs> just so we're aware. <laughs> I'm not like making this big, surly buff dude named Mike get like a giant disco ball on him. But now I wish I, I would. would. Yeah. <laughs> that would have made it so much better. So much. Um. So speaking of fun things. Do you, did you know, did you remember this? Do you know Zola? Did you, I mean, you know, cause I've told you stuff, but like, did nope. you know when it happened? No. Mm. I wasn't on Twitter. I'm still not on Twitter. It's not a thing that I, well, that true. I do. But this was like everywhere. I remember people talking about like on Facebook, on everything. And you haven't watched the movie, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. We got to all do that. But we do, do need to do that because it's first. an A24 and we are big mm-hmm. fans here of A24. So what A24 did I make Margie watch this weekend? I was like, oh. There's an A24 film and I like it, 
will you watch it with me? And she's like, yes. What is it about? And we watched it this weekend and it's one I've seen and she hasn't. This is going to drive me fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Midsummer. Mm-mm. <clears throat> Hereditary? No, not like one like that. Because Hereditary scares up. That movie's so fucking boring. No, it's that just shows you how much of pussies me and Corey are because like we watched that together. Corey was scared. He just didn't like it. Don't let him lie to you. He just didn't like that scene. I guess I wasn't. Yeah, I guess I wasn't scared. I was uncomfy and I was nauseous. (laughs) What fucking movie? We watched Sleepover and something else. And Despicable Me. Sleepover is amazing. Despicable Me. You had a good movie movie weekend. <laughs> phone a friend? I, I have to phone a friend. If she ignores me, this is going to embarrass me. <laughs> hey, Margie. Oh, hey, Margie. Answer the phone, please. Hello. Oh, <laughs> hi, Margie. Hi. Um, don't sound too much like you love me. Calm down there. Um... <laughs> Hey, this weekend we watched Sleepover, Despicable Me, and what was the third movie? It was an A24 (laughs) film. We watched it the first night. She doesn't remember. The one with Barry in it. Ah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. I made her watch um, another Barry Kogan. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I just like him. Um, A Sabrina Carpenter's boyfriend's film. And uh, we we watched The Killing of a Sacred Deer because she had never seen it. And I had. Mm. And she was like, wow, that was a wild ass movie. And I was like, right. I haven't seen it. And then I got to introduce Corey to Sabrina Carpenter. And I made him listen to her on the way home. <laughs> Corey just had a really fun weekend. <laughs> OK. Well, it's very culture, cultural shock. <laughs> he goes, yeah, this sounds like something you'd like. And I was like, she's so adorable. I'll also show you pictures if you want. I can't wait for people to like meet us yeah. and be like, so you're the one that likes Harry Styles. Are you sure? Are, Are you, you sure? Have you looked at you? <laughs> yes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're ready to talk about Zola. Yeah. All right. So this was, I remember it coming out. So I think this is like, oh my gosh, it's such a flashback. But for Kylie, this is like, wow. It's brand new. Yeah. New shit. <laughs> That's a first, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> the Zola case took the world by storm when it first happened, probably because it's filled with a lot of sex, crime, social media, illegal shit, and so much drama. Plus, it's on the internet. Like, that's the recipe for a good time, right? Yep, that sounds great. And then the person who's Zola agreed to do a Rolling Stone interview in 2015, and that's when A24 decided they needed to pick it up and share it on the big screen. Currently, the film is free to watch right now on Tubi. I think it's on something else, too, but it does pretty good with following things so if you want to like watch it after this um i totally suggest it it's a it's a fun fun wild ride don't watch it in front of kids (laughs) why not (laughs) i mean it is about a stripper there are some parts of the film that are a little bit more dramatic and like they take a few things out and like add a few things but for me personally like i get it this isn't a book but like if let's just call it a book for the sake of it being 148 tweets this is one of the best like book to film adaptations in the world like it genuinely follows so fucking well wow (laughs) so well and there's a lot more to the story than what just happens in the original 140 some tweets 
especially stuff that's like I learned a few things because I never knew it happened afterwards. So we're going to first like we're going to dive into the tweets. Then we're going to dive into the real story. And then we're going to dive into some of the wild shit that happened after. And they're all going to kind of line up and you'll see how it takes a turn. But we got to read these tweets. So the thread has since been deleted from the platform of Twitter and X and Zola's Twitter no longer has it. But it's been immortalized because the Internet took 25 images and put it in print. It's like in a Rolling Stone magazine and it's on the Rolling Stone website and other websites. And, you know, it's like they warn you if you put something on the Internet, the Internet's forever. Yep. And that's what happened. Someone took and like compiled it into 25 images. And I wrote all of these out. We, we talked about this in the other case about Facebook. Yeah. Seth. Oh, which one? I don't remember his last name. Seth Jackson. Jackson. Seth like death. I was going to say how we spell it. McFarland. Like the whole time. <laughs> Not the same guy. <laughs> no. <I> no. <laughs> so it was originally posted on Twitter October 27th, 2015. The user was named at underscore Zolar Moon. So like a solar, mm -hmm. but Zola, mm -hmm. Zola, our moon at 9.32 p.m. And it started out as a thread with the initial tweet saying, I'm not going to I want I want to do the voice from the movie because they you, said they dramatize the voices, but I'm not going to do it. No, you have to, because you said you were going to do it the last episode. So you're you're screwed. You got to do it. She's just OK. They did say this. They said they purposely dramatized the actors and actresses. So one of the things and. I'm going to use the same words and verbatim verbatim that they use when describing the film on purpose. They said purposely. So the main character, they said she is meant to be your run of the mill. Someone you would look at and say, hmm, she is ghetto and black. That is exactly how they described her. OK. Mm -hmm. And then they said the other girl, you look at her and you say, wow, that girl. Yeah, she might be white, but she thinks that she is a ghetto girl. So that is exactly how they describe them. Like, that's not my wording. That's not my phrasing and stuff. So they went heavy into this. They made her have this accent. They made her have like even just like the way she talks and stuff, the way she uses certain like phrasings and stuff. There's this one part in the movie where. They're like sitting outside and they put subtitles on the screen. It's really funny. But the conversations are she's just like, and then you be hitting my DMs. You be hitting my Twitter. Why are you stalking my feed? Why are you stalking my page? I see you. I see you. And the other girl's like, word. Yeah, word. Girl, preach, sis. Bible. Amen. And so instead of saying that, though, like when she says word on the screen, it says like, I see you and I believe you. And then the next time she yells I, uh, like Bible, she's like, I believe you. Oh, and my like, goodness. So she's like translating it for her is right. like the the j ongoing joke here like they have their own stripper lingo or whatever you want to call it type lingo it's just like how they are how they're acting type thing dramatically emphasized very much so keeping that in mind that is how they do this so when you hear it in the film or even when you hear the real person talk about it they always make her have this over-the-top accent and here's how she says it she goes Y'all want to hear a story about why me and this bitch here fell out? It's kind of a long, but full of suspense. And then it has some emojis. <laughs> so that, that's the start of everything. It's the start of the trailers. It's the start of the movie. It's the start of everything, right? That's the first tweet. 
So the first tweet comes out saying, y'all want to hear a story about why me and this bitch here fell out. Tons of question marks. It's kind of long, full of suspense. And then she puts like a laugh, crying, laughing emoji type thing, right? And then she has four pictures of the girls. And you can see like the two girls standing next to each other in a locker room, the two girls standing next to each other, like outside or somewhere. Like you just see four pictures of the girls, right? So let's go tweet by tweet. You ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. So many tweets. I bulleted them here and I'll kind of take a space in between each tweet, but I'm not going to be like the next one said the next one said the mm-hmm. ne- and I'm not gonna be like tweet one tweet two I'm just gonna kind of read it like a story okay okay and I'm gonna do all the typos and everything and you're gonna go southern it's gonna happen yeah. at times. <laughs> okay listen up this story long so I met this white bitch at Hooters I was her waitress she came in with this old ass big ass black dude So, you know, as a Hooters girl, we have to talk to our customers. So I sit with them and I get to talking and we get to talking and she tells me she dances. So I'm like, oh, yes, bitch, me too. Then she tells me this Hulk and black man is her sugar daddy. And I'm like, oh, yes, bitch, my sugar daddy at home. I feel it. I feel it. So we vibing over our hoism or whatever. And we exchange numbers and we like. Next time you dance, um, I'm gonna come with you. And they leave. So the next day, I get a text like, bitch, let's go to Florida. And I'm like, huh? She's like, I'm gonna dance in Florida. Let's go. Now I'm skeptical, but like, damn, bitch, we just met and we already taken hoe trips together. But I had went to Florida two months prior and made 15K. So low key, I was down. So I was like, okay, I'll go. Who all going? And when we leaving? And this bitch says, be ready by eight. So I call her like, bitch, I said, who's all going? And she says, my boyfriend, our roommate, my roommate has a place in Tampa. So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I'll be ready. So I pack my baddest stripper wear and I'm ready. Now my explicit word for a person did not want me to go he was so hurt so I had to fuck him calm and then I left (laughs) that's in the film that exact so I had to fuck him calm and then I left (laughs) now when I got in the car it was a white boy which is her boyfriend and this hulk and black guy not the same one from Hooters like not the same guy okay so I'm gonna take a pause because I'm pausing here. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So they will use the term white guy, black guy, white girl, black girl for everything in this story, because you'll learn that people don't know each other's names in this story. And also it is proper common to not tell your name when you're a stripper. Like that's our rule Mm -hmm. for those that maybe don't know. It's like a, like a thing. You just don't do it. And, um, so the main girl is Zola. Okay. And Zola is, uh, like, okay. I don't think after seeing pictures of her and everything that she is near as like, like she seems really well off, but Mm -hmm. again, these are all from pictures, but to me, she looks like a normal middle-class person but they portray her as lower class. Okay. Okay. 
And in the film, they kind of do too. Like her apartment's not fancy. Nothing's like super nice. There's nothing crazy. Now, when they pull up in this vehicle, it's like kind of like a hummery looking thing. (laughs) Okay. And like, even when she rolls out her luggage in the film, like it's like not like a Burberry bag, but it's like nice luggage. Later, when the white girl, this, this white bitch that walks into her restaurant, whatever, you know, that's Jessica tells the story. She's like, she was so hood ghetto. She wore trash bags. She was nappy. She was gross. She was bad. And it's like, we never see that part of it. That is only Jessica's version that we hear that. Now, Jessica and her boyfriend are the only two white people in this whole story. Okay. Okay. So like keeping that in mind. Okay. All right. Let's continue on. Now they all get in this big car, right? They're about to, they're about to pile into this like SUV type thing and head to Florida. So I texted her on the slick while in the back seat, like another sugar daddy, you got a type bitch. And the black dude had her damn phone. So he starts laughing and he goes, I'm using her GPS. No, I'm not a sugar daddy. I've known her and her dude for eight years. We all live together. So this is supposed to be like her um, roommate, her right? roommate, yeah. So Jessica, the white bitch, pulls me to the side and is like, we gonna be at the club all night. This room for Jarrett, not us. Don't even trip. Because they, they pull up to like a gross motel, right? So I was like, yeah, bitch, okay. But trust, I am not laying my head here. So we leave our shit at the motel with Jarrett and head to the club. Jarrett's her boyfriend. So we work in. It was kind of slow. It was an early Friday night, but the club had hella rules, which I'm not used to. I'm a full nude type of bitch, but this club requires pasties and boy shorts and all this other shit, whatever. So after making about $800, I was ready to go. She was talking to some dude, trying to talk him out of his wallet and they exchanged numbers. So I was like, call your man. I'm ready. She calls. She calls the black dude. And I'm like, um, that's not your man, but okay. So I pull her to the side before he pulled up and was like, what's up with your roommate? And she goes, she said, like, we're really close. Before I met Jarrett, I was with him. He was taking care of me. And I was like, oh, well, I don't need that. Because taking care of me in stripper language means he was her pimp. Got it. So <laughs> heard. <laughs> heard. <laughs> so I was like, does Jarrett know? And she goes, of course not. Strike one. So she goes, I didn't make anything tonight. What you make? Because he's gonna ask. I said, um, that's not y'all's business, Jess. Chill. So he pulls up and as soon as we get in, he goes, what y'all make? We said at the same time, nothing. So he goes, damn, my girl said she had a bad night too. We finna go pick her up. And that's his fiance who happens to live down here. We pick her up and he goes, nobody made shit. Y'all want a trap? Trap and stripper lingo means trick. Have sex for money. So Jessica goes, hell yeah, you got some clients? I'm in the back on mute. He was like, you can get some. So Jess was like, yeah, I need a trap. But Jarrett is at the room. And he goes, I wasn't putting y'all in that shithole. That was for him, not (laughs) y'all. I'm still quiet. We pull up to this nice ass hotel on the other side of town. And he goes, I'll get the clients together and text y'all off this. He hands her a fucking trap. Uh, Nope, no fucking, sorry. He hands her a trap. I saw fucked down later. He hands her a trap phone. So I'm mind blown at this point. 
So then we go to get in the room. Nice as fuck. Just me and Jess. I start going off. Bitch, you got me fucked up. I'm not about to play with you, ho. I'm going home. So she starts crying and she's like, I didn't even want to take this trip alone. Please don't leave me. I'd be so scared alone. She's fucking sobbing. I'm like, oh, MG, really? Now I'm feeling bad for the hoe. She goes, <laughs> could you imagine if this is how all of our episodes go? <laughs> no. <laughs> this is so fun. <laughs> she goes, you can just check the guys in. He's not going to force you to trap. I said, oh, bitch, I know he not. I kill dead ass, kill y'all. Verbatim. <laughs> so she cleans herself up. And there's a knock at the door. I open the door and some fat white man goes, I'm here for the white girl. So I check his pockets, take his wallet, let him in. They start fucking right on the bed next to me. It was a fucking mess. A mess. So when they finished, he gave her $100. I said, Jess, you selling puss for $100? (laughs) Pussy is worth thousands. You tripping. She goes, I don't make the prices. The prices are already discussed before they come in. So I was like, bitch, no, if you go and do this, do it right. The language. The language. I love it. So I took some pics of her and I put them on back page along with the trap phone number with a minimum of 500. The phone starts blowing up, which, by the way, back page is like Craigslist for people. <laughs> it's, it's how you, you know, trap. OK, Craigslist for people. Yeah, that's literally the best way to describe it. For people? Yeah, like how to <laughs> buy people and fuck them for money. No, I know, but no, it sounds... not Craigslist for people, but Craigslist for people. Like it's how you buy people to fuck for to the money. To fuck. Yes. Not... Yeah. Not like. Not to take away. <laughs> well, you might. Oh, God. Hold okay. on. You don't know where the story's going. Right, yep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I took some pics of her and put them on back page. Along... Oh, yeah. I told you guys I actually did all uh-huh. that. And phone starts blowing up. <laughs> Getting so excited. <laughs> I was like, see, bitch, you got a bad word coming up right now, given 500 for 15 minutes. He comes. I check him in. They get in. He leaves. We doing this all night. She fucked about 20 dudes and her sorry ass pimp only sent three of them. Uh, like a like a annoyed emoji, straight face emoji, and then two XI emojis like dead, 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 dead. So around 6 a.m., Jarrett calls. She answers on speaker and he is going off. Where the fuck are you, Anzola? The club been closed. She goes, we went to another club because it was slow. So I'm Googling 24 hours. Florida has a few trying to help her lie. And he is not having it. He's livid. He goes, if you went home with a dude, you're dead. So he has to speak to me. I was like, man, I'm going to end up killing these crazy white Bad word for a person tonight. So he starts cursing me out. Where are y'all? I know she lying. Don't be a hoe like her, Zola. I said, I promise you, I'm not. He hangs up on me and that was it. We didn't hear back from him for the rest of the night. We fall asleep. A few hours later, the black dude, I still don't even know his name, (laughs) comes up. (laughs) (laughs) Who the fuck are you? He's like, how much you make last night? Jess goes, $5,500. I was like, what the fuck? Why is she telling the truth? I pimped her, not him. Something to be proud of, apparently. Apparently. So he goes, what the fuck? How? That's good, but I only sent you three clients. She goes, 
Zola made me a back page. And I was like, wow, 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 wow. Here we go. A little dramatic there. So he goes, you can do my job better than me. I said, I was just helping her out. I don't really, I really don't care. Your clients were cheap. He started laughing. He goes, give me the money. She gave him all of it. Okay. He goes, thanks, Sola. You a real one. And throws $500 at me. I put that shit right in my bra. The fuck? <laughs> and Jess goes, what about me? It, pause. In the film, she like taps his shoulder and she's like, can I have some money? <laughs> and she like whispers. It. It's, it's kind of funny, but okay. He said, you owe me rent, Jess. You haven't paid in months. I was like, damn. So we just leave and head to Jarrett and the raggedy motel because our shit was there. As we pull up, Jarrett chilling outside, smoking weed with some dude. Pay attention here. We get out and walk up to them. And Jarrett goes, here they go. The pimp goes, here who go, little bad word? Who dis? And he, he screams it. Jarrett starts laughing and was like, he was asking me who I was here with. And I said, my girl and her friends, that's all. Chill out. The guy Jarrett was talking to laughs and goes, I'll catch you later, man. Nice meeting you. And leaves. He was a black guy with dreads, a Florida looking dude. I'm cleaning up the language there, guys. So we all go to this room and the pimp is going off on Jarrett. You don't know these uh, bad words. I can't believe you told him two bitches in here. And Jarrett goes, he asked why I was out here mad last night. And all I said was my girl went to work with her friend and I ain't one or two. Now the pimp screaming. So that bad word knows it's money up here now. Hell no. We got to go now. Me and Jess were like shocked face emoji times like 10. She didn't write that. There's 10 shocked face emojis. <laughs> and by the way, all the times that I'm not saying the bad word, it's the N word. Um, is Because you guys know I, I curse a lot. So I just want you to know the actual reason why I'm not saying and I just keep saying bad word, bad word. It's because it's the N word and I refuse to say that, but it is very prevalent in these um, tweets. So moving on. But now, you know, so you're not like wondering, like, what's the word? What bad word is Tina so nervous to say? <laughs> right. It's that. Moving on. So we pack our shit and head out. We went to a nicer hotel about 20 minutes away. So the pimp was like, Zola, keep an eye on Jarrett. I was like, oh, shit, he didn't promote me to look out and shit. So he leaves <laughs> to go back to his fiance at home and Jarrett and Jess start arguing. He was like, I know you was trapping Jess. I saw the back page ad ho. And he shows her a screenshot. And I was like, oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> it's like that meme, like, here we go again. Right. <laughs> So he starts crying like a bitch. And I was like, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> like everything has been caps lock for so many times. But that one, she's just like, wow. <laughs> He's like, I thought you were done with this. I didn't come to Florida for this. You messy. Then he turns to me and goes, this what you came here for, Zola? I said, hell nah. Jarrett, she low key set me up. I'm not fucking with y'all after this. He goes, wow. Even you even set up your friend. You such a hoe. So they start arguing for hours. I leave and go down to the pool. I mean, I am in Florida. <laughs> She's such a vibe. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> so my man calls me. I lied. I said everything was okay. I didn't want him worrying. I had a nice dinner. And then the pimp calls the trap phone. I answer. And he's like, since you a madam and shit, 
do that shit again tonight, but set up out calls only because this hotel too nice to trap out of. So pausing again. Um, originally the first night they did in-house calls, which means that you are um essentially hooking yourself out from inside the hotel room. Yeah. Now we are doing out calls. So it means I will not me, but like I will come to you and fuck you where you pick. Whether Yeah, that seems not safe. Your car, your house, mm-hmm. you pick. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool, I got you. Instantly the voice is back. <laughs> Especially it's just a turn on, turn off switch. I just like, I love this movie so much, you guys. You just have to watch it. Especially for another 500. So I go up to the room and I told Jess to get ready. Jared goes, what the fuck? Again? Bitch, no. I said, Jared, calm down, please. This white bad word starts punching himself like crazy people do, dog. I was like, oh, hell no. Oh, no. I like it. Oh, hell no. (laughs) <laughs> it's not nah it's no nah. he goes because you got to remember there was 148 like character limit back then yeah and so this girl's like trying to fit every character limit yep. <laughs> he goes if you do this again jess i will kill myself i love you too much i was like this bad word lost in the sauce and his bitch lost in the game so I said, Jarrett, sit the fuck down. <laughs> Just come on so I can take some pics. It's already 10 o'clock. Y'all playing. So I make her a fresh ad. We come out of the bathroom. I did her hair and makeup and shit. And Jarrett goes, everybody knows you a hoe now. Fuck you. I want to go home. <laughs> I said, huh? <laughs> he throws her phone at her and it's her Facebook. A status of both ads. Her mom is on there going off in the comments. That's terrifying. That's not fun. That's not fun. Jessica starts bawling. OMG, my mom had my daughter this week. How could you? She on the floor literally breaking down. I was like, shock face, shock face, shock face, shock face. So Jessica calls the pimp and tells, Jared just put everything on Facebook. My whole family sees. The pimp goes, I told Zoe to watch him. That's how he talks in the movie. Um, I I wanted to differentiate the two voices there. <laughs> he is an amazing actor. Uh, it's the guy who's the rehab guy from Euphoria. I don't know what else. I haven't from. seen that yet. Okay, hold on. I gotta know now. What else is he in? Mm. He's actually in an upcoming movie because I saw the trailer for it and I was like, oh my god, it's the pimp from Zola. And that's not what normal people probably know him as. And I was like, um, I need to find something else this man's into a to. What is to. his name? In like, what's his name? Either X or Z. Z. X is Coleman Domingo. Yeah, that sounds all right. I don't know. Oh, wait. Maybe I they purposely picked him because he has a heavy African accent. And this character in the actual story has a very thick, heavy African accent and it will come out the matter he gets. And like the louder he gets, um, that's like one thing Zola purposely mentions. She's like, he was very hard to understand. Cause he like came out of nowhere. Like he, she makes a comment being like, he came straight out with like an African accent that was hard to understand. Hmm. He's in the color purple. So I probably know him from that, but he just doesn't, he looks familiar. Yeah. Okay. So, (laughs) literally, 
Five minutes later, it's the pimp banging at our door. He comes in with his fiance this time and snatches Jared up by the neck. He wasted no time. He goes, I should really kill your ass. Jared is dangling off the ground crying, please don't, please. Loki, I'm crying. The fiance pulls out a handgun, y'all. She goes, you want to bay or what? Fuck him. He did out, out girl so wrong. I was like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> so now Jess steps in. She's like, please don't just beat his ass, Z. I was like, oh, his name's Z? Okay, got it. <laughs> so he put him down. So this is the first time you learn his name. He puts him down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not put him down. <laughs> puts him down. Z goes, nah, I'm going to kill him. Manhood, though. And he sits on the bed next to his fiance. He goes, sit in front of me, Jarrett. He does. Still crying. He goes, delete the post and give me your phone. He did. And then he goes, come here, Jess. I was so lost. His fiance unbuckled his pants and Jess gets on her knees and starts sucking his dick in front of Jarrett and I. I was like, yo. He then gets up and starts fucking Jess from the back. Jared just sitting there. I'm standing there with my mouth on to the floor. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> the fiance right next to them with a gun in her lap. I was like, damn. So then he gets up and says, go clean up, Jess. You got to work. He looks at Jared and says, any questions? Jared says, I want to go home. <laughs> Laugh, crying, laugh, crying, dead face, laugh, crying, laugh, crying. <laughs> Literally I, what I just did. <laughs> I laughed out loud. I couldn't help it. <laughs> and <laughs> Doesn't it sound so fake up to this point? You're like, there's no way someone's just live tweeting this whole thing. Yeah, no, it's happening. Okay. And Z goes, nah, I'm gonna spend the night with my girl. So you go and take Jess to her out calls. I was like, damn, that's fucked, bro. He goes, Zola got the clients and addresses so y'all can take her. And him and his fiance leave. The room was silent for the next 30 minutes. Swear. <laughs> Just awkward silence. The first client calls and says he's ready. So Jarrett takes us. Z left a handgun, but told me not to tell them. He slid it. <laughs> he slid it to me on the slick. He slid it to me on the slick. <laughs> He texted the trap phone like, I'm trusting you with my bitch, Zola. If anything goes left, use it. I was like, what? Bad word? I can't. (laughs) So anyway, Jarrett. (laughs) She gets so calm when she starts like a new tweet. Literally, yeah. (laughs) So anyway, Jarrett took us to about four clients and then the phone was slow. Me and Jarrett were in the car together while she was working. So we started having deep combo. He really wasn't a bad dude, but he was very, uh, he was bipolar, very bipolar. So I understood his outburst a little more. So we head back to the hotel and I get this one late call, this last call late as fuck. And the client says, I got 5,000, but I want two bitches. I said, oh, sorry, we only have one. The client goes, well, I got 2,000 for one, but it's four dudes. And we only do end calls. I was like, wow, (laughs) what? So I texted Z and told him. He was like, hell yeah, tell him, come on. So I set it up. Then last minute, the client goes, actually, out calls is fine and gives me the address. So we get in the car and head to the address. Jess goes, it's four of them. Can you just wait in the hall, please? I was like, bitch, bunch of shocked faces. I come on. 
So we head up to the room number they gave and Jess knocks. A dude goes, who is it? And she says, in call. The door flings open fast as fuck and two big black dudes snatch Jess. All caps with a lot of exclamation points. (laughs) Bitch. I ran so goddamn fast. I couldn't even see straight. I was out. I was out. Fuck that. I run out. The car is gone. I'm screaming, Jarrett, Jarrett. This fool gone. So I call him, still running. And he's like, y'all done? I said, y'all done. It's like two minutes, bro. (laughs) Bitch, Z told you to never leave us. Where are you? And he's like, I'm at the gas station. I was thirsty. I thought she was going to be a minute. (laughs) I'm still running. (laughs) <laughs> LMFAO. <laughs> Don't know where I'm going. I'm like, they snatch her, dude. Come get me. I'm calling the police. He's like, well, you have the gun. If you call the cops, you done too. I was like, shit, you right. <laughs> so I called Z and told him what happened. Z is livid. <laughs> and this deep African accent comes out. I couldn't even understand him on the phone. I was like, man, we dead, bro. <laughs> So Z pulls up and he's like, let's go. I said, um, I'm gonna stay right here. Y'all go. He goes, I'm not in the mood right now. Come the fuck on. So we all go. (laughs) So we all go. (laughs) Me and Jarrett on the side of the hall where you can't see and Z knocks on the door. A man goes, who is it? Z goes, where's my bitch, man? Jessica screams. And the voice says, ain't got no bitch in here, bruh. Ain't no bitch in here. I was like, oh, okay. My God. Z goes, open the door. (laughs) Guess who opens the door? The bad word with the dreads that Jarrett was smoking with at the rundown motel. I was like, yo. Yo. (laughs) (laughs) So he goes, come in and check. To Z. Z motioned for us to stay hidden. Thank God. So he goes in the room and dreadhead there by himself right now. Z sits on the bed with his strap out and goes, where's she at, man? Dreads goes, well, since she want to steal work from my girls, she clearly wants to be here with us. We still don't see Jess. So Z goes to the closet and busts the door and she in there, tied up, knocked the fuck out. Dreads goes, I got 20K for her right now, man, and all is forgiven. Z says, we made more than 20K this weekend alone. Get out of here. So Dreads goes, my dude downstairs not gone, just let you walk out with her like that. And Z says, we will see. Mind you, I can barely see. I'm around the corner, so I'm just hearing everything. Next thing I know, I hear some shuffling and a gun goes off. Once again, I take off. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) But I took off down the hall through the back. Jarrett wasn't far behind. And then we look behind us and Z is running too with Jess over his shoulder. He throws Jess in the car and hops in the driver's seat. I hopped in with him and Jarrett hopped in the other car and we got the fuck on. I'm crying. I said, what the fuck happened? He goes, that bad dude reached for like bad word, reached for his piece. I shot him in the face, man. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) We got back to our hotel, packed our shit and checked out. We went to Z and his fiance's condo. Nice as fuck, by the way. Jess is now up and she tells us what happened. Apparently, they re <laughs> recognized <laughs> the typo was just really good there. Uh-huh. They recognized her from the motel and set her up. Clearly. And once they snatched her, they told her to trap for them and she said no. So they beat her ass. That's when Z interrupted and he knocked. So they knocked her out. 
I was like, I really got to go home, y'all. Sorry to kill the mood, but I can't take no more of this. Jarrett was like, same. Z's fiance was in the kitchen counting money, dog, just like a rich hoe. So Z was like, everybody get some sleep. I got to get rid of this. Talking about the gun. So he leaves. We all try to get some sleep. The next morning, he comes in with tickets for me and Jarrett. Jarrett goes, I'm not leaving Jess here. Not after last night. She has a daughter and needs to come home. Z was like, nah, we making money. I was like, wow. (laughs) With a black eye and busted lip and some Florida bad words looking for you. Y'all still trying to trap? (laughs) Crazy. I was like, well, I'm ready. (laughs) Jess goes, it'll be okay, Jarrett. I'll be home in three days. Jarrett started with that punching himself shit again. I was like, man, here we go. <laughs> Jarrett goes, come with me or I'm killing myself. Z was like, oh, not this shit again. I'll be in the car. Y'all two hurry up. So Jarrett is literally breaking down. Y'all ever see someone hysterically crying? It's intense. And Jess trying to calm him down. I'm at the door ready. Jarrett randomly stops crying instantly, like some movie shit, and goes, so you aren't coming? Jess says, no, Jarrett, I can't. So this bad word, Jarrett, runs towards their balcony and jumps. I swear to God, Bible. He fucking jumped. I screamed so loud, my heart stopped. Jess runs towards the balcony and this bad word Jarrett was hanging. He didn't fall all the way. He was stuck by his pants. Thank God. Oh my God. We were only on the fourth floor, but he still would have died. It was a good drop. So Jess is helping him and I call Z, LMFAO, still crying. (laughs) I was like, Jarrett is stuck. He tried to jump off your balcony. Z was like, could you imagine getting that call? You'd be like, what? He's like, I fucking hate this kid. (laughs) Z is like, what is wrong with this bad word? Families live here, bro. What the fuck? Oh, gosh. Crying face. Uh, Dead emoji, (laughs) dead emoji. So Z came up, helped him get him up, slapped the fuck out of him, literally, (laughs) and physically guided him to the car. Jess comes out and goes, I swear I didn't set you up, Zola. I never intended for you to trap. That's why you didn't. I hope we can be friends after. (laughs) She put so many of the, like, shocked shocked face emojis as fuck. (laughs) I looked at her like she wasn't speaking English, and I said, I'm not going to beat your ass right now because you already in bad shape, but I better not ever see or hear from you again. <laughs> and she walked away. Z literally buckled Jarrett's seatbelt, LMFAO, and we went to the airport. Bear with me. It's almost over. When we landed in Detroit, my man picked us up. We both looked horrible. So washed up and tired. My man was like, who is this white boy and what's wrong with y'all? <laughs> I said, babe, neither of us are the same. Just take him to his car and take me home. We dropped Jared off, and on the way home, I told him everything. He couldn't even speak honestly. Check this out. This is the last four tweets. By the way, there's more than four. Right. (laughs) I get a collect call four days later from a jail in Las Vegas. It's Jessica. (laughs) She goes, we got caught trapping in Vegas, and we all got arrested. I said, (laughs) oh, why are you calling me? She said, Z was wanted for kidnapping 15 underage girls and is linked to six murders, including Florida. Jesus. I said, Florida, murder, you have the wrong number. She screams, ask Jarrett to bail me out. He won't answer my collect call. I said, Jarrett, you really have the wrong number. I hung up and I called Jarrett. (laughs) He goes, yeah, I heard it's on the news. He's a huge trafficker. I found out later that Jessica and his fiance played victim and that they were forced and Z, whose name I can't pronounce, was an African man and was literally wanted everywhere. 
He got sentenced to life, and I hear Jess is back in Detroit with her mom and baby, and that's the end of that. If you stuck with the whole story, you are hilarious, LOL. And then, like, a bunch of smiling faces and then kissy emojis. Wow. Boom. Bro. All right. You ready to talk about it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. So, following the sensational tweet thread, a lot of people thought the story had to have been fake, right? Because that was a story that was a yeah that was a that was a that was life-changing <laughs> zola decided to try and show as much proof as she could she had follow-up tweets like a day later she had pictures of them in the strip club locker room getting ready all the locations with geotags of florida included showing where they had been where they had gone another tweet later featuring photos of Jarrett and his new girlfriend showcasing that by the way if anyone was wondering he is now happy and thriving without jessica in his life later another tweet had photos of jessica with the tweet that said Found our ass. Pregnant again. New family, I guess. Cute. Everything of Z and the fiance. You said you said finance every single time fiance was on this, by the way. Yeah. She spells it finance and it's fiance. Goes off of her shit, obviously. And it's a picture of a pregnant Jessica along with a new guy, which you assume is to be the baby's daddy. Nice. So let's break things down. That was a lot. It was a lot. So her name is Isaiah King, I do believe is how you pronounce it. She was 19 years old at the time of this whole event, and she hashtagged it, hashtag the story on Twitter. 19. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's what made most of this go viral was the hashtag, luckily. And she, in the hashtags and in the tweets, tells the story of how she met 21-year-old Jessica Ray Swatkowski. Swatkowski. While working at Hooters and that they were friends at first sight, right? Later, she tells Vanity Fair, all of us have that friend experience where you meet someone and you just like fall in love with them. All of a sudden, you guys are best friends hanging out every day. And this is the real Zola we're talking about now. Mm -hmm. She said she didn't know if this friendship would ultimately turn into a two-day nightmare that made her scared that she would never get out alive. Like I mentioned, the film depicts a... Pretty realistic, but also a dramatized version of the raucous weekend sometimes because there are some changes that make it more intense. Some things that get changed is the characters names are Zola and Stephanie, not Zola and Jessica. And there is a really funny dramatization when Stephanie gets her turn to be the narrator and tell her story. So Zola described Jessica as animated, saying she was problematic, being a white girl, but dropping N-bombs whenever they spoke. She said once they were in Florida, she could tell there were things that made her feel uneasy about Jessica because she would leave Zola out of the loop on things and it made her feel uneasy about it. She said the first night Jessica and her worked at Tampa Gold Club and took tons of photos. And it wasn't the worst, but she wasn't super stoked with the way everything was happening. She knew when they left and the topic of money came up, that's when everything started going sour. So see, it is following pretty closely so far. Mm -hmm. Zola said that when Jessica told her to tell Z how much they made, I was like, I was like, absolutely not. Girl code, especially stripper code is we don't do that. So when she was kind of pressing that, I was like, this isn't my friend because no real friend, especially working in this industry, would ever ask me that. That would have never came up. So at this point, I kind of started to side eye her. Then obviously shit just unraveled more and more once we left the club. Another change is Z's name is X in the movie. So that's confusing. Yeah. I don't know why that one needed change, but okay. In the interviews, Zola talks about how she had a big part omitted from the film because it was the most traumatic part of the night for her. 
She says they were out on one of the out calls that they went to where they get to a house and there were five guys there. And Jessica agreed to do it with all of them, even though the house was dark, smelly, disgusting and dingy. And they then say they didn't have any money and supposedly none of them spoke English, really. And so they didn't understand what they were doing wrong. Zola said Jessica still got on her knees regardless. And Zola had to physically grab her by the hair and drag her out of the house. And that was the worst part for her. Now, she says she omitted that from the film. She omitted that version. What happens in the film is similar, but it doesn't get as in depth as that. They like walk into a really nice swanky house and the guy's like, hey, I know I told you that there was only like one or two of us, but there's like five of us. And the girl's like, oh, okay. And he's like, and we want to do it as a gangbang. And she's like, I don't do gangbangs. And he's like, okay, well, we are paying for you and we're all going to pay for you. And we're not taking no for an answer, essentially. And the girl's like, well, we're not doing two girls. And then all of a sudden, the girl that's not Zola gets on her knees and she lets them like essentially bukkake her. Um, In the film, there are snippets where you see that there are red flags, like the peeing scene. People don't like at first get why that's so um, weird. So they, they do like an overhead camera and you see the girls peeing in bathroom stalls and you see Zola in one stall and Stephanie, who's Jessica, in the other stall. And you see Zola looks like a healthy person with almost clear urine. And then you see Stephanie slash Jessica's urine is like neon fucking yellow. It is like super discolored. There's orange chunks in it almost and stuff. It looks really unhealthy. And that like gets brought up kind of because also in the film, you'll notice that they never shower. No one ever showers in between each sexual partner. She just walks over to the sink and like washes her arm and takes a washcloth to her downstairs and just wipes, sets it down. And that's it. Now, Zola says the reason that she wanted this part out and she left it out of the Twitter story, but wanted it portrayed in the film was because she wanted people to know there was no showering between all the back page sexual partners. Instead, Jessica would just walk into the bathroom, douche herself between each client and then get ready for the next one to save time. That's so bad for you. Mm -hmm. Like that many times. It's so bad for you. She also said she omitted from the movie and tweets about taking a picture of Z and Jessica having sex because she gave the picture to Jarrett. And during the sexual intercourse, Z said it was how Jessica actually normally pays her rent. It's like super confusing. Now, as outrageous as the story seemed, a lot of the details did start to line up and they realized they were true. Yeah, there were a few key points here and here that didn't, but they were noticing that there was a lot more truth than lies. At this point, people started picking it up. People like Rolling Stone and the Washington Post. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Huge publications were like, hey, what about this? <laughs> like, oh, just, you know, just Rolling Stone. Yeah. So, well, and the Washington Post is a pretty big deal. No, yeah. So they started trying to verify the details of Zola's story, and they start finding a ton of credibility in pretty much almost everything she said. She then goes to do an interview with Rolling Stone, and she said she wanted to bring awareness to the concept of how easily it was for someone to get swept up into sex trafficking because it almost happened to her. Jessica will later insist that she never prostituted herself when, like, she gives interviews. She said it was actually Zola as the one who wanted to turn tricks in Florida, and she was just long for the ride. Okay. And, like, in the film, when it comes time for them to switch narratives, Mm -hmm. and Stephanie Jessica does hers, she's like, okay, you want to know what happened to me? Here's my story. And she's like, so I walked into Hooters, and this nappy girl came up to me and was like, hey, yo, what the fuck you want to eat? And I was like, um, I'm so sorry that you're having a bad day at work, but me and my Christian brother here, 
would like to tell you that we believe that God has a plan for everyone and we believe that for you. And then she's like, okay, can I give you my number so that you can teach me about God? And I was like, yes. And then the next day she goes, Ayo, I'm gonna go trap in Florida. And I was like, trap in Florida. Oh my God, I need to come with you to save your life. And so I was like doing this out of the goodness of my heart. She shows up in trash bags and was like, take me to Florida where I can go skank ass myself. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. So we go down to Florida (laughs) and then she's like, come to the club with me. And I was scared for her. So I did. And then because she's so icky and gross and grimy and smelly, she only made one dollar. I'm so sorry that everybody loves me and nobody likes you. They loved me. They said, oh, she a pretty white girl and they loved me. And like, this is how she's explaining it. Right. And then she's like, so then we get back to the hotel and she starts taking pictures of me. And I was like, why are you taking pictures of me? And she's like, they're nothing. I'm doing back page ads. And I was like, okay, you do you girl, but I'm still believing that Christ is going to save your soul. And then these people (laughs) come up and they were like, we don't want her. She's smelly. She's stanky. She's gross. She's icky, but we love you. Ooh, Zola. We like, or Stephanie, we like you. And I was like, "Mm, strike two. Nobody likes you, Zola. They like me. They wanted me. I'm the best. And, you know, I just couldn't save her soul. And that's like her version. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, it's a really fun dynamic when you hear her version because you're like, okay. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm sure you were going for the power of Christ because it compelled you. Right. Zola then admits that she did embellish some of the sensational details. She said the things like Jarrett's suicide attempt, Z shooting the pimp, those were actually entertainment value things. That didn't happen. But she denied herself that she she denied it herself that she did anything prostitution wise on the trip. That part she never made up. She didn't do it and she wasn't going to. She said when she posted the story on Twitter, she was so caught up in the moment. She had originally posted it and removed the story twice because no one seemed to care. So to garner more interest, that's when she made it more funny. And she added those extra details and stuff so that people would finally hopefully pay attention. She said, I made people who probably wouldn't want to hear about a sex trafficking story want to be a part of it because it was entertaining. Now, see how she talks in real life is so different than how she like tweeted. That's why I say like Mm -hmm. it's very odd. This like two different versions of herself. Well, you also had a very limited amount of space to do it. (laughs) True. Today, Zola lives with her mother in Atlanta, where she writes and records music. She also helped work on the uh the film, I think, is supposed to be called At Zola because, like, mm-hmm. Twitter, you at someone. But maybe it's just called Zola. But I thought it was At Zola. She worked on the At Zola film and she gave her firsthand experiences while helping review the entire script. Now, ahead of the film's release, Zola told Vanity Fair that Jessica wants to sue me for defamation of character. She said that I outed her as a sex worker, which I didn't. Her ads she were, outed herself as a sex worker. <laughs> her ads were on Facebook. Obviously, that went nowhere, but that was the last time I seen her face to face. So let's talk about Jessica. Jessica Jess Swatowski? Swakowski. Swakowski. Polish. There's a T. It's silent. She lives just outside Flint, Michigan. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. With her new fiance named Travis Barskowitzki. He's a DJ who goes by the stage name George Young. She described herself as someone who's been dancing in basically every club on the eight mile strip since 18 years old. Now, Jess tells a different story about what happened. She said she met a like I she met a girl that was dirty who was not put together. She went to Florida. So this is the real life version of her story. 
She said when they got to Florida, she made money. Zola didn't. That made Zola bitter. Zola only made one to two dollars. And that's what drove Zola into suggesting they do extras that night. Jess said it was Zola's plan to set up the back page ad with Z. And when they set up the page, only one guy showed up. And when he saw Zola, he instantly said no and walked away and no one else wanted her. That made Jess feel sorry for Zola. Then because Zola was getting nowhere and making no money, Z ended up sending her home. She also claims Jarrett was crazy and that's why they sent him home because he was just acting like he was 12 and couldn't deal with it. She said Jarrett only posted that she was a dirty stripper online that has herpes and does extras because he was hurt and jealous and she was dancing for money, not anything else. She says that she has never been to Las Vegas in her life and Zola did all this just to get fame and followers on the internet. Wow. And that's a slightly different story. (laughs) Slightly. Just like, you know, a little bit. In February 2017, according to Colo, which is like a news broadcast, Z, whose real name was, I have listened to this. This is a hard name. This is one of the hardest names we've ever had. Akprode Rudy Ujojuehe. Yeah. That's not it, though. I know it's not, but I really? can't get it closer. Yeah. Okay. It sounded, it sounded fine. He was sentenced by a Washoe county judge to 16 years in prison after he pleaded guilty to one count of sex trafficking and one count of coercion rudy was arrested two years i don't know why of all things i picked his last name right like no (laughs) that's not the word we're going with no we're going with rudy so z was rudy and he was arrested two years prior when there was a report of a sexual assault with a woman who refused to let him prostitute her this was the story of jessica forgy and brianna pello They were driving back to Michigan from a vacation in early April from California when Brianna's truck broke down on an empty stretch of highway near Battle Mountain, Nevada. That is so far away from your destination. Mm -hmm. So far away. Speaking of, my car broke down again. I know. (laughs) We forgot to tell the world that. Hey, guys, I know this will shock everyone. My car broke down again today. Let's move on. Was it not the battery? I don't know yet. Okay. I don't know yet. The girls, uh, Brianna and Jessica, a different Jessica, mind you. This is a different Jessica. Okay. Okay. So for the sake of this, I will call Jessica 4G Jessica, and I will call the other girl Jess. Okay. Okay. The girls were nervous, and they called 911 for roadside assistance and were dropped off at the nearest gas station. They were broke, and they were thousands of miles from home. So they used the store's Wi-Fi to try and get a hold of someone that they thought could help them because they had no actual service. So they were having to like piggyback their Wi-Fi. They were really broke and they were scared to contact their parents and tell them what happened. But then Brianna told Jessica she knew of a friend from back home where they live in Michigan who might be able to help them. So she reached out to that friend via Facebook. That friend is Jess. Wow. Yep. That sucks. Yep. So Jess says her booking agent can help them out. Booking agent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So surely enough, a limo comes to pick up Brianna and Jessica from the gas station and take them to the airport in Reno. Of course. And the two girls were like, why is it such a fancy fucking car? Like, <laughs> just pick us up in anything. But they said the driver was really nice and offered to take them to McDonald's to get drinks and stuff because they had been stranded at this point. And so they're like, eh, maybe we're just reading into it. When they arrive at the airport, Jessica Forgy asks Brianna to tell her the details of their flight. And at that point, she was told they're actually meeting with someone who's going to come and meet them there. So apparently, Brianna had helped set something up for them to make cash on the side before returning home. 
and didn't tell Jessica Forgey about the situation. So Jessica Forgey asks, what's happening? And Brianna says, we're just going to go strip for some extra cash here in Vegas or in like Reno. Mm -hmm. So then they go and get picked up by another guy and he takes these two girls to Reno's Atlantis Casino Resort. Then Jess comes in. Rudy sets up back pages for Jess, Jessica, and Brianna, and he takes Jessica Forgey to the Peppermint Resort alone, while Brianna and Zola, um, ooh, not Zola, Jess, go to the other resort and set up clients for them. So the girls are separated now. Yeah. At this point, Rudy actually assaults Jessica Forgey, who was only 19, and he was 41 at the time. Love that. And then when she goes to the bathroom, he goes to the bathroom. She just starts running out of the hotel. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. She's like, this is my chance. (laughs) She made it all the way to the front desk and he tried to come after her. But when he realized that he might get caught in the process, he just starts running out of the hotel to leave. Oh, police arrive and they took photos of her injuries and brought her back up to the room to retrieve her as well as some of Rudy's belongings because they were going to get Rudy's belongings for DNA samples and as evidence. That's when Rudy just fucking comes back to the hotel. Because he's an idiot. Uh Uh-huh. And police were like, dude, we knew who you were. So they tackle him to the ground and he gets arrested in the casino lobby and taken into custody. He then is given a 16-year sentence. He's behind bars at Nevada's Lovelock Correctional Center. Of course, Nevada's (laughs) is called Lovelock. (laughs) Yeah. And then in 2023, because this is the only one that he like pleads guilty to In 2023, he had a probation hearing and he was eligible for parole after only serving four years. Nope. Five years and four months. And I can't find the results. I don't like that. that. I need I need I need results. I don't know if he's in jail or not. That's still. okay. How could he not be? I don't know, bro. And that's it. Wow. (laughs) That was a lot, wasn't it? It was a lot. I mean, it's not technically true crime, but it's definitely true crime. It's not met. Well, there might be a murder. We still don't know for sure if anything ever did or didn't happen. I feel like they would have shot him. Uh, mm, yeah. I totally believe this guy would kill people. Yep. yep. Yes. So how do you feel? I'm just going to let you you unpack some stuff. I mean, I don't even I don't even know. She did really well at like explaining shit. Well, like keeping you hooked. Yes. Yeah. Like dramatizing it enough so that you're hooked at every single like tweet. Yeah. And need and need more. And honestly, like I said, the movie really does depict so much of this. You get nervous. And there's so many times where you're like, oh, my God, just leave. Oh, my God. Stop. Oh, my God. What? Well, a 24 does that, though. Mm -hmm. Like if anyone else picked up that movie, it would have been a completely different movie. But because it's a 24, you feel you feel all of the anxiety all of the time because Mm -hmm. that's what they do to you. That's what they like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's in that's insane. Um, what is just incredibly crazy to me is how young they are. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like I was a senior. I was an older um, high schooler, but I was a senior in high school when I was 19. And like, that's just insane to me to think about at that age, like doing all of these things like at that age. And so this happened in 2015. Technically, it could have happened in 2014 because maybe it just got tweeted like a little bit later. So, I mean, they're still they're still youngins today. Mm -hmm. They're they're not much different than our ages. It's crazy to think that not. Yeah. And Jess is it is true. I found pictures of her. She was pregnant. She had a child 
And yeah, she lives somewhere in Michigan now with her baby, her new man and her mom. And Zola made money with the film and she's like doing well. She's great. They made like a a trailer for the film. But then you know how, I mean, you guys might not know, but Kylie probably knows. You know how A24 makes like personal memorabilia for their films? Mm -hmm. They made a Zola book that is literally the tweets in book form. Ooh. And so one of the trailers for the film is her promoting her book as a joke. And so I'm going to put that on the Instagram and it's it's pretty funny. Um, and it's just it's just so wild, you guys. Um, but uh, yeah, Zola's doing a lot better. Jarrett's doing a lot better. He's with a new person and he I don't know where he lives. I don't know what he's up to, but I know he's like in a new relationship and he's a lot better, happier, healthier and thriving. And uh, <laughs> 30, flirty and, fr- and thriving. <laughs> totally. But yeah, that's that. <laughs> she's very pretty mm-hmm. that zola is gorgeous yeah i can't even like i can't get over it yeah i need to see the movie yeah so that's, that's what I, that's how i feel i just so I, I need really to see the movie now <laughs> to make Corey, kylie margie and all of them watch this because i've seen this movie a few times now. i've seen it probably two or four times um three or four times at least and uh, it's on Tubi. It's free. Go watch it. It's also on. I was just about to say that it's also on YouTube okay. and uh, Vudu, YouTube, Apple TV, Amazon Prime. It is not on Amazon Prime. It it's, lies to you. If you try and look it up, it says it is not. Oh, even though it says it, I've checked. It says from three ninety nine. Yeah, okay. I tried to rent it and an error code popped up every time and said movie unavailable. I tried three separate times and they had to refund me all three times. Hmm. It's only free on Tubi, Voodoo, and Plex. And that's just. Per, yeah, go per, watch it for free. It's Google. It's a fucking trip. It does. It looks it looks so good. But A24 is so good. It looks so good. And like I said, it's super over uh, like these accents. These are. So this is the film. If you remember in one of the past episodes we talked about, you guys. And I specifically said, so the blonde girl that plays Stephanie, who is Jess, that is the one that's related to Elvis Presley. Yes, 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 yes. Crazy, I forgot about right? That. Yeah. And so she was there at the uh, Priscilla Presley was at the movie premiere. That's so cool. Is that not weird to like think about? No, no? it's just so cool. Yeah. How do you feel? Jesus Christ. Do you have feelings? I don't even know anymore. I feel like you have feelings. I don't know if you want to tell the, the group. We can cut this if you don't want to, but I feel like you have feelings from a different area of your life that you oh. have experienced. Yeah. Versus um, versus my experiences in life. I don't know. This is just really um so that uh, <laughs> uh where do we want to go with this? <laughs> I'm not saying I was a stripper. There are other things that are that you can work at strip clubs. There's like bartenders and stuff, obviously, but like I worked in a strip club and I also, um, am friends with, because I worked in a strip club doing other things. I met people and I know people, right. So I have friends that are strippers and stuff. Right. So, um, this is weird because I, there, there were rules to the club. Like you can't walk outside at night, um, clearly into your shift without one of the bouncers taking you out. They would start our cars for us in the winter. They were so nice. We parked around the back at our location. There were a bunch of rules. But even with all these rules, like shady shit happened, weird Mm -hmm. stuff. And, you know, you weren't allowed to give your number out. You weren't allowed to do anything. Even 
any anyone that worked there, even bouncers, like weren't allowed to just like flirt with someone and mingle and stuff like that. Right. There's a bunch of rules to this kind of lifestyle that you have to know. And so with that being the case, um, you see and you hear things like there were these twins that worked at our location. And this is about to get really fucked up. You guys are going to get really stressed. These twins would do twin VIP rooms and um, bro, just it was incest. That's all I'm going to throw out there. Okay. Like literally happening because they knew that's how they could make a bunch of money as fucked as that is. Um, because I don't know if you guys know this, but usually the two most popular ways to make money as a stripper is if you are pregnant or if you are a set of twins and that you are willing to do stuff with your twin sister, for some reason, that's like a fetish. Um, and the pregnancy thing is partially a fetish to some, but also even if it's not a fetish, if you're not showing and you're pregnant, you have a certain set of pheromones that is just undeniable to men. So if you are not showing and you're pregnant, you have these pheromones and men are automatically attracted to you. But then once you're showing, the creepy ones come out and they're like, ooh, that's my fetish. So <laughs> you will find like a seven to eight month pregnant bitch sliding down a pole. That's a real thing. I'm not like making this up. Yeah. So um, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I also knew some people that did some things like uh, there was this girl named Charlie and her stripper name was Charlie. Because then no one would ever believe that was her real name. Yeah. Um, but then there were other people like uh, um, Natalie, whose stripper name was Petunia. Exactly. Yeah. So um, there's just like different things. Right. And um, this whole thing about her being like, oh, there's clubs with rules. So it depends on the state what there is, because some states the law is. I think this is Chicago and Indiana have this law. Um, I don't know if all of Illinois is Chicago is considered its own state because of the size of it, which is ridiculous. I know. Don't get me started. Imagine being a felon there. It's crazy. I don't know anyone that's that. (laughs) I don't know anyone that's that. (laughs) Um, But the rule is if you have alcohol on the premises, you. Okay, wait, if you have alcohol on the premises, you cannot get fully naked And if you don't have alcohol, you have to get fully naked. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know where who made these (laughs) rules. So like if they're allowed, if like us as a bartender is allowed to serve you booze, the women have to wear pasties. Okay, but if we don't serve booze and we only serve, you know, food and Red Bull, the women can get pussy in your face naked. I'm talking full thing. Full vagina. (laughs) Yeah, like anything goes. Vagine. why though um i don't know maybe because they expect if a woman is fully naked and a man is drunk there to be more instances where something scandalous could occur i suppose or something um but like there's most places that i have seen know heard of seen pictures of even seen in films and stuff a lot of stuff is monitored um there's a lot of bouncers vip rooms are monitored yeah there's cameras in them for fuck's sake and uh like a lap dance area usually can either happen on the floor or if you have a special designated area there's bartenders and people walking around because you're trying to get that bag and part of the stripper's job is to be like oh my gosh bartender look come over here and you walk over and you're like what is it diamond and diamond's like i'm really thirsty i know you want to dance for me but i work better when i'm not parched will you help me by getting a drink for me and one for yourself And then she purposely gets a non-alcoholic and gets you an alcoholic one so that she knows you're going to be more inclined to spending more money throughout the night. 
And then, you know, I like run back and I pretend that I bring back a drink that's alcoholic for both of them. And I'm like, oh, right. look, you're both getting shwasted. Ha 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 ha. Just and kidding. the guy like buys into it. Right. right. Um, so with all this being the case, sorry for everyone that already knows everything about strip clubs. People are like, I'm a regular. I know everything. Um, but with all that being the case, like there's so much to this story where I'm like, holy fucking shit. Yeah, that would happen. Yeah, that could happen. But it's the moment where they're like, OK, we're done stripping. Let's set up a fucking back page ad. I'm sorry, but so many girls that I do know that worked at clubs and stuff. There is no fucking way, even on a bad night, you can walk out with $50. That bitch isn't going to be stupid enough to be like, all right, I'm going to go trap for money now. Right. Because there's no fucking way in hell that is smart. But also, also, I know plenty of girls that had a sugar daddy or I know plenty of girls that had did do shit like that and would suck a guy off in the fucking fitting room. There was an outbreak of herpes at one of the clubs because a girl started sucking off. And then she told other people that if you suck that guy off, he gives you a thousand dollars for a 15 minute room that you're already making three hundred dollars on. So now you're making like thirteen hundred dollars, but no one knows about the thousand. So you're allowed to pocket that because the thirteen hundred, you know, you're going to have to give some to the DJ, some to the um, bartender, some to this, some to the, you know. And so would that be the case? Obviously, someone would want him. Yeah. Then like eight girls all of a sudden less than a week end up with herpes. Everyone's like, hmm. That's suspicious. I wonder who did that. And if you want to know more about the crazy lifestylings of strippers, there is a really phenomenal movie um, that is based off of another scandal that is a true story. And it happened a few years ago and it has an all star cast. It is the movie. I want to say it's on Prime or Amazon. It's called Hustlers. It's uh, J-Lo is the main character. Uh, Cardi B is in it. She's a stripper named Diamond. Uh, Lizzo is in it. Um, there's a lot of famous people in this movie. Um, this looks amazing. It is a story about how girls swindled men, rich men out of money and stuff. It's a, it's a wild movie. It's pretty long, but it has a lot, a lot of famous people in it. Oh, wow. A lot of famous people. Yeah. Oh, I pulled up hustle the adam sandler movie god damn it tina so I love all of these people yeah there's julia styles plays the like uh like interviewer because the story is a girl's giving an interview about what happened that made them end up in jail right and it's based on a true story this really all did happen there's constant woo jennifer lopez julia styles uh there's like uh, i love Kiki. constance woo Kiki Palmer's in it. Lily Reinhart from Riverdale's in it. G-Eazy's in it. Cardi B's in it. Lizzo's in it. Like Your boy's in it. Usher's in it. <laughs> Usher, Usher plays Usher. Um, I love, love that. that for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he like walks in the club and they're like, Usher's in the club. And then it starts playing an Usher song and they're like, oh, we went hard. We all threw our best panties on and we went out with ass and face. <laughs> and it's like, I want to make love in this club in the background. And oh, like fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone's dancing and stuff. So, yeah, that's another really crazy stripper story. If you guys dive into this and you're like, oh, my God, I want another true crime stripper case. That's the one. That's the Isn't one there a documentary, too? Of Hustlers or of Zola? No, just of stripping. Um, There's a few. There's one about specifically. um, What is it called? Like a, not necessarily stripping, but cam girls. 
there's one about that that's maybe that's really what I'm thinking good. Of. Yeah. And it's wild um because you find out about a lot of people that do that when you like hear stories in locker yeah. rooms and stuff because you just overhear things when you're walking in and out all the time obviously. And um there's <sighs> It's just like such a weird dynamic hearing how this girl went from zero to 100 so fast, so quickly. And then you find out like this wasn't her first friend she set up type thing and stuff. And like, it's not her last. It's just there's a lot to it. It's not her last. Well, I mean, it wasn't like because she did the Jessica 4G one afterwards. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like Zola wasn't the last one. She tried to do it again. Yeah. And it's just. And then it backfired. Because karma. Karma's bitch. And I was talking with one of our um like listeners earlier today, and uh his his name is Josh. And Josh was like, Oh my god, you guys did Lauren's case, which is like where I'm originally from. And I was like, Oh, really? And we were talking, having a super normal conversation, and now I can't wait for him to listen next to me and be like, Wow, you went from really normal to like teaching me about stripper education for 40 fucking minutes. <laughs> You're welcome. You are welcome. We're here to entertain you. It's a really fun side of TikTok. If you ever get swindled into stripper talk, it's not what you think. Like, it's not like it's people. I love stripper talk. There's two different versions of stripper talk. There are you just see girls that like do tricks and pull tricks that teach you that kind of stuff. And that are like um, a mixture between probably real strippers and probably people that do pull work, which pole dancing and pole work is like a whole nother thing and then there's another side of stripper talk where it's like i'm sitting here washing my bills i'm washing my panties here's how i do it here's the best way to go about making your spray tan stay without getting the pole greasy here's my trick for how to want to wear glitter but not get it on your client and something that side of stripper talk is real funny because it's like all the little tips and tricks and the washing money and all that kind of stuff and it's, it's just really funny I took a uh, pole class one time. Mm-hmm. Hardest shit I've ever done in my life. Hardest shit you'll ever what do. What the fuck? I was just like, this is insanely difficult. I was so sore. It's just, I can't, I can't even imagine. So I live that. All right. Here's a really funny one for you. My mom's <laughs> listening and my mom doesn't. Oh my God. Okay. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> hi, Lorraine. Okay. So uh, when I first moved to Chicago, I moved there on a dream. Right. Not a lot of cash. Just a dream. All right. I moved to Chicago. Uh, I had just finished up school. Everything was real. Everything was happening. Right. I had just quit my job. Actually, like I quit my job, but it was also under like terrible circumstances. And I kind of like gave a two week notice and then didn't go in the two weeks. It was very traumatic. Okay. Um, And I moved to Chicago, leave my relationship behind, leave my life behind everything. Right. So I get to Chicago and for the first few weeks, I'm living with my cousin and she's teaching me how to survive in the city, essentially. And then she's like, "Okay, time to go on your own. And I'm like, oh, God, fuck. So I start living on my own a little bit later. And as I'm living on my own, I live with two dudes. Okay, Mm -hmm. and their names were Drew and someone else. And the someone else I have crazy stories about funniest stories you'll ever hear. One time he came running in the front door and Drew and I were sitting on the couch watching New Girl and we're like, what's up? Why are you so sweaty? He's like, I just ran all the way home from. Oh, my God, you guys, I just I just ran all the way home from 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 import. And we're like from import. That's like six miles away. (laughs) This man was not physically fit. And we're like why the fuck do you come running home? And he's like, oh, because of this. And he held up his hand and it was covered in blood. And we're like, what the fuck did you do? He's like, 
I accidentally stabbed a guy with a knife because he tried to eat my mac and cheese at the bar. (laughs) And I'm like, you stabbed him with a knife and he's like, oh God, no, 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 no. I didn't mean to say that. Oh my God, that seems crazy. And I was like, oh, okay, good. Cool. What'd you do? He goes, I stabbed him with a fork. (laughs) You can just imagine like. (laughs) Um, This other time he came running out of his room and started pounding on my door. And like my room was on the other end of the house because I was the only girl, obviously. So like my room, they were nice enough to give me a room on the other side of the house. He comes running through the kitchen, running through the bathroom, running through the living room. And he comes pounding on my door. And I'm like, yo, what up? I cannot remember this man's name for that. I think it's Dan. I'm pretty sure it's Dan. I remember this I lived with this man for months on end. Drew and I lived together for like two years. So or like a year and a half. So I remember him a lot more. And he's crazy. He's the one that pisses on the kitchen floor in the end. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be really funny if they listen. Luckily, Drew doesn't find me ever in life. I've never encountered him again. He got really drunk and pissed on the kitchen floor. And I tried to wake him up and be like, you're pissing on the floor. And he goes, no, I'm not. (laughs) You're pissing on the floor. Okay. So. I think his name's Dan. We'll go with Dan. Dan starts pounding on my door, pounding on my door. And I was like, what's up, Dan? And he's like, do you have some pants? And I was like, for you? And he's like, no, my tender date. And I was like, uh, sure. Is she like same size as me? He goes, I don't know, but I just threw up mac and cheese on hers while I was trying to serenade her a Prince song on the guitar that I stole from Drew. I don't know how to play. And I got really nervous. And so I threw up mac and cheese on her pants. And I was like, what is with you and mac and cheese, bro? Stop eating on your fucking dates. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> okay. So where is this story going, right? It has to do with strippers, kind of. Not really at all, but a little bit. We'll get there. (laughs) All right. So one day, Dan comes up to us and he's like, hey, guys, I'm moving out. And we're like, oh, shit. Okay, really? So then Dan moves out and we have a slightly revolving door of roommates. We have three roommates that come and go because they sublet for one month because we just we we couldn't find anyone that like really matched with us. And so luckily we found three people that were like, oh, I have like a summer program that's one month long or like, oh, I'm like my apartment's getting renovated one month long. And we're like, okay, fine. That works because Drew and I couldn't figure out because we found out that the problem was Drew and I hated each other. <laughs> um, the problem was Drew actually. <laughs> so then um, this girl from my hometown that at the time I was really good friends with, she comes to my apartment to my birthday party and she comes up to me all drunk and she's like, yo, your roommate fine as fuck. And I was like, who drew and she's like yeah the next morning we all wake wake up and she comes walking out of drew's room and we're like oh shit son this is gonna have a point i promise guys so then like three weeks later i come home and this bitch's stuff is all in my living room and i'm like whoa what the fuck happened and then her dog is out in my backyard i was like what the fuck is happening and she's like i'm moving in and i was like no (laughs) (laughs) so she moves in but she's gonna be staying in drew's room Then like a month goes by and that other person's gone. And so she goes downstairs to our landlord who lives below us. He's so fucking cool. And she's like, hey, can I just move into the spare room? And he's like, sure. And then she moves in the spare room. She comes into my room in the middle of the night. And she's like, I got a secret for you. And I was like, what? And she's like, I fucking hate Drew. (laughs) She goes, how can we get him kicked out? (laughs) I was like, girl, I got you. So we start plotting and planning and it took us like a month, but then the him pissing on the kitchen floor really set it over the limit because we had hardwood (laughs) floors and our landlord was pissed. So he, luckily for us, kicks Drew out. So that was just me and this girl living in this three-bedroom apartment in Chicago on the second floor. Nice as fuck. We're happy. We're living our best life. (laughs) Our fridge doesn't close. You have to bungee cord it shut, you know, as true Chicago apartments. Um, And when I say nice as fuck, I'm clearly kidding, right? My first apartment was a shithole. My second one was really nice, in all honesty. But um, so we're living. We're doing the Chicago life, you know, our landlord special apartment. And then she comes home one day from work and she works at this place that's a ping pong bar in downtown Chicago. 
and I work at a vegan restaurant. And, uh, so she comes down or I come down to the house and I like, I walk up the stairs and I walk in, she got rid of our couch. And in the middle of our living room is just one giant stripper pole. (laughs) Neither of us are strippers, mind you. I go, Hey, yo, name of girl. What's happening? Where's and the she's couch? like, I thought it'd be like a fun addition to our house if we got like really fit by doing pole dancing. When I tell you that every person, the first thing they see when they walk into our house is a giant stripper pole, they would just run and jump on that thing. Oh, absolutely. every single motherfucker. Yeah. And then every single person would be like, holy shit, this is hard as fuck. And so uh, her and I would have to teach people pole tricks and teach people everything because we started learning. Obviously, we just like sit there and do YouTube videos and everything. And then one day our landlord decides to visit us <laughs> and he did not know we installed the stripper pole. And he's just like, are you guys strippers? And we're like, no. And he's like, what do you guys do then? Show me your pay stubs. And we're like, oh, my God. OK. And he was kind of joking, but we both show him our pay stubs. And he's like, oh, you guys literally aren't strippers. You guys just have a stripper pole in the middle of your house in the room right in front of your front door. And we're like, yeah. Yep, we do. Yep, we he's do. like, you don't have a couch, but you have a. a stri- OK, <laughs> Alrighty then. And we're like, yep. Yep, we don't have a washer and dryer either, but we have a stripper pole. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, we have piss on our kitchen floor and a stripper pole. We're practically a strip club at this point. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I moved out. And now we're here. And now we're here. And that girl uh, is married and has children. As nice. they all do. As they all do. <laughs> and I'm just here. Yeah, so that shit is hard. Well, this was fun. <laughs> Should we end on that note? <laughs> so i hope you guys like this kind of different i don't know i would call this a fun episode it's kind of like a cryptid but not at all like how cryptids can be fun and like wildly entertaining at the same time so thank you guys once again for listening to this wild week's case (laughs) we do to really hope you feel free to tell us how you feel about this one because it's up there yeah this might be one of my favorite episodes of us (laughs) yeah definitely tell us because it's definitely uh not our normal uh scheduled content <laughs> no was, what was i gonna say normal uh repertoire <laughs> as the french would say as they would <laughs> thank you for joining us after dark we can't wait to chat with you next week for another new episode sleep tight listener did you have some feedback about this week's case or maybe you want to chat with us maybe you even have a suggestion you'd like to throw our way we're always just a click away you can easily find all of our socials on linktree through cryptic soup pod which is available in our instagram bio you can also join the csp discord where we would love to chat with you thank you for joining us this week and make sure to check out our sources available in the description if you want to dive deeper into this case Don't forget to show your support and love for CSP by leaving a review and rating wherever you normally listen. Next week, we will be back with a new episode where you can join in on the conversation after dark. Cryptic Soup Pod is a podcast that contains sensitive material at times. We understand if sometimes the subjects are too much for some of the listeners. We thank each and every one of you for being a member of the community and always supporting us. Thank you for everything, and we'll see you next time. So stay tuned.
is the best water? No. Cold water hurts. Is that the problem with drinking it though? Because it's that's not. Please don't do that. It's glass. It's fun to drink out of though, regardless of the liquid that is coming out of it. The only thing fun when you drink out of something is like a silly stuff. Did he really just say that? <laughs> Am I wrong? Yes, you're wrong. See, you have fun drinking out of things that aren't silly straws. Look at, look at. I don't have fun drinking out of anything, <laughs> even with a silly straw. <clears throat> so I don't know. You guys are both kind of weird. I'll be real. But if you guys have fun slurping your drinks, go for it. You want to talk into your microphone? Love that for y'all. Is that where, <laughs> your that mic, is that where you want your mic to be? Are nope. Comfortable? Where's my <laughs> phone? <laughs> Why am I in your phone as that? Oh, you haven't seen that? That's so many things. It is many, many things. I definitely screenshotted that and sent it to you. I don't like that. That's ominous. You were shopping when it happened. Or something. You were not home when it happened. Yeah. Uh, no, because we talked about it. Because you said that the names were in the wrong order. And I said, no. I left uh, Thibodeau. At the end, because I like that last name. Mm. Because. Mm. 